You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM with Mankiran Audula. Today we are talking about an interesting topic that despite the worldwide trend of incorporating green spaces into urban design, new research indicates that young adults and youth still aren't being considered. We're going to talk about how green spaces should support mental health among young adults. We are speaking to UBC Faculty of Forestry expert Emily Rugel. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Mankiran. So please provide us some background on this study. Sure. So this study really began because um, my co-author, Sarah Barron, and I, we come from different fields. So she's actually a landscape architect, and I'm an environmental epidemiologist. But we found from those two perspectives that there was really this gap in our understanding of what young adults need in terms of public green space. Um, You know, we actually do a fairly good job of understanding and designing places for younger kids. Playgrounds are probably the first type of green space that you think. And also maybe providing um, amenities for older adults, so things like benches. Um, But this is a group that's particularly vulnerable um, to mental health conditions, to perhaps the development of um, health behaviors that could harm them over the course of their lives. So we really thought this was an audience, a group, that needed some attention. And it's a very fascinating topic because I think in the time of COVID-19, especially right when we were isolated, we had to stick to our particular areas. And a lot of people started to really look around them and say, hey, do I have a lot of greenery around me? So do you even find with pandemic too that there's kind of more interest in, you know, how we design our cities and especially really thinking about people's mental health? Yeah. And so Sarah and I experienced that both in our personal lives. So we actually were both living in Australia when much of this research was conducted and under pretty intense lockdown. So I think um, we both had a time when we couldn't go more than five kilometers from our homes and found really solace and our nearby nature that we were able to access. But this is also something we found from another study that I conducted in Australia. So during the COVID lockdowns, um, people were really more attuned to their local circumstances because They were spending so much more time in them. And so people either found that they were able to go out and explore nature and have a bit of a break from thinking, especially about COVID all the time. Or conversely, people who didn't have green spaces around them that really met their needs found that that was a source of stress and not one they'd noticed when they were traveling into the city and able to stop at a park by their work or a park by their school. And why are green spaces so important, especially when it comes to our mental health? Yeah, so there's actually a huge body of research that started at least four decades ago that looks at um, all of the types of health benefits we get from um, spending time in nature. And actually, we found that there are stronger benefits usually for mental health than for physical health. And that happens in part because... um, As we were talking about with COVID, natural spaces really provide some stress relief. Um, They also help us focus attention on the things that we need to focus on. And an area where I've really worked in here in Metro Vancouver and also in Australia is the way that green spaces can bring people together. And that was something that, you know, really got highlighted during the COVID pandemic because Sometimes your nearby park was the only safe place that you could get together with your friends or particularly if you had older relatives or little kids who couldn't be vaccinated. Um, you know, 
earlier in the pandemic. This was a place where people could really come together and either strengthen ties with the people that they already knew or forge new connections. And especially now, let's look at the lower mainland now. How are we when it comes to green spaces? Yeah, so this work actually didn't um, develop the framework based on spaces in Metro Vancouver. It was based on places in um, our, the two largest cities in Australia, of Sydney and Melbourne. But before um, going to Australia, Sarah and I actually met in the Faculty of Forestry at UBC. And my project there was to do a mapping of all of the different um, parks and other forms of uh, green spaces and natural spaces across Metro Vancouver. And I would say, really, we don't know how we're doing in terms of this framework. So our framework identified three major factors that are really important for young adults, particularly. And those are order, diversity, and seclusion and retreat. And we, you know, we're pretty good at knowing where green spaces are, knowing what kinds of amenities they offer. So whether there's a, um, a place to play soccer there, whether there's a basketball court, whether there's washrooms on site. But these other dimensions aren't necessarily things that it's easy for either urban planners or parents or young adults themselves to get a good handle on. The fact also that, you know, a lot of young people don't feel like, you know, they're involved in the process. So how can, you know, Canadian planners and policymakers start to design green spaces for all ages? I'm so glad you asked that question because I think one of the aspects of our research that we're so excited about is the opportunity for young adults to actually get involved in the process. So this tool... Um, has those three main dimensions, as I talked about, but it also has kind of a checklist of items. So we are actually hoping that young adults will take up this opportunity and go do some citizen science and go out into their local green spaces and see whether they are currently designed to meet their needs um, for mental health, for social connection. And if not, you know, then we as urban planners, as researchers, need to find ways to give them more of a voice in the planning process. Mm -hmm. And do you think with everything that, of course, that has happened the last couple of years, do people have a much more greater appreciation for green spaces? Yeah. So there have been some really interesting studies um, done by um, parks advocacy organizations in Canada specifically that found that exactly what you said. Um, that during the course of the pandemic, people really did develop a stronger connection to nature broadly. And um, that was due in part to in, uh, increased visitation of their nearby green spaces. So um, we're obviously hoping that that's a trend that continues, that that's one of the kind of bright spots of the pandemic, that people have forged these new relationships with nature and that they maintain them as hopefully COVID keeps um, receding into the background. Emily, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? No, I think um, I really enjoyed speaking with you as well. And I just hope that, um, that we as urban planners, as parks managers, as young adults themselves, really take up this opportunity so that we can ensure that, you know, uh, the green spaces that we provide really support the needs of this unique group. 
Thanks again. You take care. Thanks so much. Have a lovely day, Mike. We just spoke to UBC faculty of forestry expert Emily Rugel, and we talked about how despite the worldwide trend of incorporating green spaces into urban design, new research indicates that young adults and youth still aren't being considered. We had discussion how green spaces should support mental health among young adults. Stay with us here on Spice Radio 1200 AM.